1: I remember i just like i was like panicking oh my god like i've put so much money into this now like like, what happens if mm. we, we just end up with all of these sculpts and nobody wants them going from that dynamic to then having a bigger team honestly being like such a big adjustment the progress that we've made is insane and the growth we've had is insane even to think that i'm sat here now with you talking about what i have achieved people were like well well you don't do beauty why launching a beauty brand is such a daunting thing I know you put so much in behind the scenes like so much like financially so much time like so by the time it actually comes to launch it you're a little bit like oh my gosh do people Mm. actually have to see this someone had sent me a picture like I can't believe this and it just blew up and went crazy so I don't actually know if I've shared this story before but
2: What is up guys and welcome back to Working Hard, Hardly Working, why am I rapping? Today's episode is incredibly exciting, we have Jess Hunt on today. I personally have followed Jess's journey for a while and I've loved, 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 loved what she's done, especially over the past few years with Rafi, but I've also not found many like podcasts and stuff on her. So she was one of the top people I wanted to get on here because I really just wanted to hear about her story from her and what the different parts of her journey and her career have been like. I think she is, and I literally am so far up her ass in this episode saying just how much I feel like she is such a good person to represent how You don't need to put yourself in a box. You can constantly keep evolving your career. And I think she's done that so incredibly well. She worked as a PA at the NHS, but then she started doing Instagram, but not really properly doing it until she was scouted as a model through Instagram for a bit, then did Instagram, then became a business owner. And I think, yeah, sure, we hear about that a lot. Like we hear about those types of things. But I'm pretty sure like when I used to follow Jess before she even started Refai, I would have thought, yeah, great. She's made it. She's a really great influencer, blah, blah, blah. And yet she kept evolving. And yet she was able to direct her career in the way she wanted to go based purely off the fact that she just wanted to do more and more. And I think that's a really valuable lesson. I sound a little bit woo woo right now being like constantly evolving. Sorry for the American accent. Anyway, I really enjoyed this episode. I've never heard Jess speak about a lot of these things. So it was great to really hear her journey from her and how her career has got so astronomically successful. As always, if you do enjoy this episode, please make sure if you're listening on this audio, can you go right now and go and actually follow it? because you keep listening to this and I don't think you're actually following it I think it's something like less than one percent of people actually follow the podcast they listen to but it helps me hugely and it helps us get amazing guests and it helps my ego so thank you so much I hope you have a lovely day I hope you enjoy the episode and that is all I have to say goodbye Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm very excited to have you here. I feel like we've tried to get you on here for so long. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, Yeah, there's been like a lot of like Mm -hmm. diary bashing, you know, like right time, all of that. But I feel like we have so much to talk about. I feel like when I look at your career, there is so much to talk about that actually, you know, we've just briefly talked about it in terms of the evolution of keeping on evolving within your career and generally like forcing your career in the direction you really want it to go yeah absolutely. and I feel like you've done an absolute like class act of doing that really well thank you so much I mean even
1: to think that I'm sat here now with you talking about what I have I have achieved is crazy because I think I always say to myself like if I could tell my younger self where I'd be right now and I'm sure you feel the same it is crazy because mm. I guess both of us we did start on Instagram well, I know mm. you were YouTube like influences as such and obviously the evolution is crazy and I think yeah I just I always envisioned myself doing my own thing
2: but I never expected it to
1: be this great and Mm. as special to me as what it is
2: Oh well, that's so nice to hear. Mm-hmm. And you've—I mean—you've honestly done it so well. And we're going to deep dive into all of it today. Mm-hmm. Get to the bottom of how you did it, the different inflection points, what you feel like the big decisions were that really like tipped your career in the direction it's gone. Because I feel like again, you're like you're in a super saturated industry, and it's really easy to look at an industry like the industry you're in specifically and kind of be like, "Oh, no space." Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there would have been times as well where you would have thought no there's no space like as in like there are so many people doing this there are so many people who like look amazing and wear amazing things and like do amazing makeup and like all of that where's my space and you've actually just been able to carve that out for yourself which I think is a huge talent but also Mm -hmm. so easy to think like it's just impossible
1: no I feel you and I think that is probably something that I thought for a really long time and Mm. I guess kind of my niche was well, a lot of people were doing it was always like sharing fashion that I was loving, Mm. like makeup that I was loving. But I feel like even if you look back the very beginning of like my Instagram journey say like my makeup style hasn't really changed and I Mm. think my makeup look was always like quite glowy quite like natural I would say quite Mm. fresh so that was something that I was super passionate about and I just loved makeup in itself and I thought to myself I need to create products that I love that are easy to use that Mm. are just so simple but just give gorgeous results because I felt like there was a real big gap in the market for that at that time so that's kind of initially where the idea started from transitioning myself from just posting like outfits or makeup products I was loving to actually thinking no way I could do this myself yeah. and I could probably bring something
2: in my opinion slightly better to the market Yeah, like how do I make this bigger like Definitely. how do I rethink all of it so I want to go back to the beginning of your career mm-hmm. and what you would you know I guess what you see is like the earliest point to what led to where you are now will you tell us a little bit about kind of like how you started yeah absolutely so my first proper job
1: I like to call it I used to work in the NHS and I was a personal assistant to some doctors and that was so so amazing I actually loved that job um but alongside that I just this was a time where Instagram was like new probably Mm. we probably started around a similar sort of time I guess what year I honestly couldn't remember off the top of my head I must have been when I started posting a lot more regularly I must have been 20 and I'm 26 gonna be 27 now so that's yeah so it would a have been time similar ago. time
2: mine was like I started posting I think it was like 2015 yeah but we've I, had really similar timelines because no, I remember we started our businesses like almost exactly the same yeah, time as well yeah it's wild isn't it yeah like we're
1: just going through life yeah. the progression together we should share notes yeah we should <laughs> love that <laughs> um but yes yeah, so I was obviously doing my nine-to-five job loved mm. it it was great and then alongside this I would just post on Instagram different looks I was loving different makeup styles I was loving just kind of I didn't wasn't really taking it seriously and as mm. I just said me and you kind of started at a time I guess where Instagram really wasn't a place to like make money or make a yeah. business out of it, right, it, was, it was more just, just like that's fun I'll post it so that's kind of my initial starting point and then I do think the differences with starting now compared to starting back then for some reason whether it's the algorithm or whether it was just the buzz of a new app it was much easier to grow back then completely agree and I do think that does have a big impact if you are wanting to get into the industry this like today kind of thing but yeah so my following kind of grew and I was like oh gosh this is getting bigger getting bigger and I just carried on posting and then an Instagram brand reached out to me to say we'd love to send you some pieces like let me know if you'd like to have them and shoot them and I was like oh my gosh like free clothes yeah. and I can take pictures like of literally I'll like, do 20 posts yeah. for you <laughs> no I think I did Grace I actually think I did I was like yeah just keep it coming so I was just so excited because I loved clothes that was my passion mm-hmm. and just to be able to shoot them and free clothes like I was so excited um then I can't remember when it was but I think a brand had reached out to, obviously my following's growing as well Brian had reached out to me to say would you like some free clothes so again I was like yeah love this brand would love it and they were like well what are your rates and I was like what me, <laughs> what? what are my rates like what, <laughs> I really sound yes, sound. Yeah, <laughs> what are your rates no so I didn't even like understand that you could monetize your Instagram at this point so I don't remember what I charged for my first post, but I reckon it was like 20 pound a post. Mm. And obviously I know a lot of people are clued up on the industry now and the industry has changed so much since then. Mm, Like what people charge for posts now is just insane. So at that time I was like, this is amazing. I'm getting 20 pounded like per post and I'm getting all these free clothes. So that's sort of when it started. And I just feel like, from then, as I said, it was much easier to grow back then. It was kind of a knock-on effect. So the more that I was posting for different brands, they'd repost me. I'd get their exposure from their following mm. and it kind of just snowballed like that. And then I remember it must have been 30,000 followers. Mm. And at this time, something really crazy happened to me. So I don't actually know if I've shared this story before, but it's on Google if anyone wants to see it. I had posed a picture in this dress. I'd bought this dress. It was beautiful. Um, posted it online. I was actually going out with my friends. So I was like, yeah post it going out with my friends whatever um and then the next day or a few days later someone had sent me a picture of me in that dress but if you see on the image it's not my face this girl I don't know if you've seen it Grace this girl completely photoshopped my face off and put no her fa- no I need to show you <laughs> put her face on it but the skin tone was perfectly matched it looked more like her than it looked like me it oh was my god just wild so Anyway, I saw this picture and I just found it hilarious. Yeah. This is so funny. Like, I can't believe this. And I just remember sharing it on Twitter when I had Twitter and it just blew up and went crazy. Like, I just remember being at home in my kitchen and I think I had like Kiss FM on or Capital FM and the presenters were like oh this girl on Instagram has been like catfish and this was when catfishing had become like right yeah a bigger thing and I just remember hearing it on the radio and I was like oh my gosh that's crazy and then I think over this course of a week I'd grown like my following like doubled and really? I was like, yeah, because it became such a, a strange re- <laughs> no it, it would I only really happen to me to this girl. I hate to that person, but it would only happen to me it was just <laughs> wild anyway so never found out who this girl who this girl was sorry it was just a really really random thing Obviously, it was part of my journey, so I can't miss it. Yeah, close so it thank out you. really through your lives. Yeah, really. So my following was growing by this point, had that crazy blip. And then I believe someone at Pretty Little Thing, Amy, mm. Amy reddish, a reddish friend of mine, had reached out to me And this was before I knew her to say, Um, have you ever modeled before? I'd love to do something with you, like love, you, mm. love for you to come into Pretty Little Thing. So at this time, Pretty Little Thing was definitely one of my favourite brands. Like, mm. I loved what they were doing, and I think times were very different then mm. um so I was like oh my gosh yeah amazing like of course I want to come so mm.
2: and you'd never considered modeling or never like gone down the route of modeling yourself um I I'd, I'd thought about it and I'd,
1: I'd had been to castings in the past nothing really ever came of it so I just mm. thought oh not it's not meant for me like I'm fine with that it's mm-hmm. not it was never really my dream to do that like right so I just thought oh, okay that's fine obviously got this email and I was like yeah I'd love to come up so I remember me and my mum went to pretty little thing like she dropped me off there that day and I was like see you later mum like she just went out for the day in yeah. Manchester that's where they're based and I was in there and I remember they like did my hair and makeup and I was like oh my gosh this is like serious my life. this is serious what is going on um and then I remember they got me to shoot ecom, and I was like oh great yeah had a great day thanks so much guys see you later and then I just thought, oh, that was a one off, like nothing or ever. Did you come get paid for it? Yeah, I did. Well, okay. that's another thing because yeah. I remember in the back and forth email, Amy was like, How much How much is your day rate? Right? Again, like I said, to you, this whole thing. Yeah. I just didn't know. <laughs> I just didn't know. So I was like, well, What's your budget? Because I just yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. know. Um, and I remember I got paid £500 for that day, which that's a lot of money yeah. so I was just like oh my gosh like this is crazy as if I'm working with my favorite brand I earn yeah. money from and doing
2: this also so interesting to show the change in times as well because obviously mm. they're a model to earn a huge amount of money but Absolutely. usually now a lot of models earn the majority of their income through social media Definitely. through doing things that like you know modeling the stuff but on their social media Absolutely. rather than as like an e-com shoot in particular which is usually generally like lower rates No, just so shows true. like the difference in time as well for you Definitely. like you must have been like what the fuck I know I was like what per day like and then she was like yeah for the day I was like I thought it was like for about 10 days yeah
1: exactly So yeah, it did that. And then I left, thought nothing of it, had the best time. And then I remember I got an email a few weeks later saying, we want you to come back. And I was like, okay, great, I'll come back. Long story short, I was then working with Pretty Little Thing as their econ model, I would say, for for quite a few years, to be honest. Really? Um, So like a prolonged kind of... Yeah, it it was kind of one of them where there was nothing written in stone. like There was no real agreement when they needed me, I'd be there. And I think towards the end, I kind of used to shoot with them, I'd say four times a week so oh, wow yeah it got a lot it did get a lot but I loved it it was a great time for me off the back of that I was very fortunate to be offered a collection with pretty little thing and I was mm. able to design my own collection with them mm-hmm. and as I said before pretty little thing back then was a brand that I was obsessed with and it was just I don't know it was a bit of a full circle moment mm. for me yeah for sure do that. and obviously that was a
2: completely different time so I feel like that was a really special moment for me mm. at that time I think it was very like the top thing you could do as an influencer was was to have a collection with like a fast fashion brand. Like I've talked about it on here before that like at one point I remember having like, you know, when you have kind of beginning of the year, sit down with your management, you're like, what would I really like to do? And I remember mine was like, oh, I want like a collection with like Boohoo or Pretty Little Thing or whatever it would be. Because I've spoken about it in the way that like I've said that I remember the year after being like, you know how like your goals change so oh. like so quickly and you're kind of like you don't even realize until you check back in with them and you're like oh is that like something that I'd kind of want or whatever yeah, it might be definitely. but it, I do remember at the time like the thing oh it was like only the best in pre- no. like the creme de la creme or being asked to do their pretty little thing collections no, I and know. it was like the thing I know and I think the exact same
1: for me like I had a like that was my goal that was mm. my goal. I know I was there always for e but I just remember thinking that is like the the end goal here Like right. imagine if I could do that it'd be insane and as you said that was many years ago now in such a different time and I like what you said there about always like listing your goals and then like looking back on them in the future and I Recently did that a couple of years ago and I like looked back and this was before I'd started Refai and my goals were like to have to have another collection with somebody else. And I just remember right. looking back on it and having success from Refai, which I'll go into and thinking, oh, my gosh, that's like not so even far that's from not yeah, even me. Yeah. But I do think it's that element as well. Like you said, to be to be a successful influencer, mm. you need to have a collection with someone mm. I think we were all just conditioned to think that that was success.
2: And I think that's generally like how we see success as like a society. You mm. see, you, you template it based on like other people who are doing similar things to you. What is the highest thing they've done? And yep. what is like, what makes sense for that kind of trajectory? Absolutely. And I think like you only start, because I think one of the things you've done so well that I spoke about briefly with before is that you've kind of, shaped your career in that in the direction you wanted it to go mm-hmm. I reckon at that time if you'd have sat there and be like oh I want to have a company that has like x amount in like global sales," you would have literally been like fuck off well, this, <laughs> is, like, it. You would this have, is it not to say that you wouldn't have been able to do no, it but like you would have literally I didn't even think- it wouldn't have been on your radar and I think that is one of the really important things about like constant goal setting and constant re-evaluation of, of gold re-evaluationing sure <laughs> <laughs> Reevaluating evaluating goals and just kind of like checking back in with like what you want because that's how things start evolving to far beyond you could even ever like imagine at yeah. the beginning like it was the type of thing that would make you laugh at the beginning no, it's
1: so so true and I know that well I know you've had Jenna on here before and she briefly touched mm. on it saying this was only ever meant to be a side hustle and it mm. really was so like you just said that was never even on my goals I yeah. was just hoping we'd sell the first quantity do you know what I mean yeah, sell yeah, yeah. the first batch um Anyway, so I'll speed up my story. So I used to work with PLT. That was great. And I would do it all over again, just based on the fact that they really did give me a platform and I had some of the best times with Mm. that team. Like it was, it was a really good time. But as you said, like the goalposts have changed, like things are a bit different now. And Mm. obviously I have other things to focus on. I feel like I always carried on being an influencer just because shooting content is my passion like I love mm. putting an outfit together I love like styling looks I love that like that will always be a real big thing for me and I think that's been a constant throughout my entire like career I guess mm. on social media yeah for sure and then I was really fortunate again I guess this is why Pretty Little Thing is such a big part of my entire journey I actually met Jenna who's my now business partner at right. Pretty Little Thing yeah oh yeah, yeah. okay so I didn't met, know you met her there yeah so we'd met on a shoot there one day <laughs> they used to get me to do all sorts they won't mind me saying that because they did I remember I had to create like a Halloween look and I'm sure a lot of you guys will know, I know you know, Jenna also has another brand called Shrine. Yeah. Um, so they were really famous for doing the incredible like face jewels and like glitter body, different bits and bobs, like it's insane. Um, and one of the Halloween looks involved Jenna's face jewels, so she was she came in that day to help me like create the look or whatever And me and her we'd spoke previously before on email and I'd known her team for a long time just because they used to gift me and different Mm. things and there's actually a shoot of me my first ever like photo shoot that I did before PLT it was just like an influencer one and I was literally doing the festival edit for I think it was Miss Pap at the time. And I was literally like head to toe in Shrine.
2: And it's just crazy because that was the
1: first time Jenna saw me. And it was my first ever shoot. But
2: it also goes to show you never know like any. Because also I've had a few times now where like I've met a few people in the industry that like I've met them in a few different roles. Just like completely separately. And you really never know like the types of people who you could meet at any one time. They might have been, you know, as you said at that point, like gifting you. She's now your business partner and you own a huge company together. Like
1: if you would have, again, we keep saying it, but if you would have told me that I just wouldn't have believed you. Because right. she was just this this girl on this email that I used to speak to because I liked her brand. Like, I just right. never even knew how important she
2: would be yeah, to me. Yeah, but also, I mean? like, I think another big proponent for just, like, one foot in front of the other type thing. Because, mm. like, at the time, it feels like you needed to go through your whole journey oh, and the absolutely. different steps to be able to get to where you are now. Definitely. And I feel like that's quite comforting when you look at it in terms of, like, the way our life works out for us in the way that actually, at the time... You, wouldn't, you weren't meant to know Jenna in that way. No, Like, in the not. least woo-woo way. No, like, exactly. you weren't meant to, like, be doing a business together at the time. You were no. meant to be, like, you know, just being in the same industry and, like, yeah, talking definitely. about her business and, like, all of that. Whereas, exactly. like, the way it's shaped now. I know, it's crazy. So, yeah, I'd met Jenna on the
1: shoot and that was kind of the first time that I'd shown her, like... My makeup and kind of how I did it. She was really interested. And in, obviously le- now I know why. Um, yeah, she's yeah, like, no, now I know why. She's, right. she's, she's just like, like oh, you're <laughs> coming home
0: with me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> she's like, I'll take that
1: one. Yeah, she, she, but no, we really got on from like the moment we actually met each other in person. And she was actually someone that I could speak to a lot about different pieces of advice within the industry Mm. and yeah she obviously was a good friend of mine Um, and then it wasn't until another shoot that we were on together but she again was asking me about my makeup and in particular she was asking me about my eyebrows and I feel like prior to this I was always quite well known on Instagram for having like quite big brows like Mm. I've always had naturally quite big brows that was always my thing but um, I was showing her how I did my brow routine and I was literally using at that time three gels two different brushes just to achieve like that brushed up look. Mm. And then I was doing at this time, obviously e-coms. I was changing all day long. Like I remember the makeup artists would do my makeup at PLT and they were great, but I'd be like, I need to do my own brows because I know they're going to move. So that's kind of how that started. And I was explaining to her how I did my brow routine. And she was like, that is wild. Like, why are you doing all these different things just to create this look? And I explained like each element to it. And she was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then we had lunch together that day, like obviously on the shoot. And she was like, I feel like what, you, what you're what you doing here could be like a product because obviously she thinks like that. You know what she's like. She's just full of ideas. She's super mm. creative. So I was like, all right, yeah. And then yeah, we, sure. Yeah, sure, I'll why not? That. Yeah, sure, why not? And then we literally got, I think it was her iPhone and we drew up what this brow scope would look like together. And she was like, I was explaining like what brush does what and why we'd need this and whatever yeah. it was. And she was like, oh, my God, wouldn't this be so cool? And I was like, yeah, like, wouldn't it be really cool? And then we just sort of left it. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks later, she then reached back out to me to say, I've spoken to Danielle, um, who is now a product developer, but also the product developer for Shrine at the time. And um, Danielle's presented this to one of the factories, and they think they can create a sample for us. So I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, Yeah, brilliant. Let's do it. Yeah, why not? Were you scared at all at this point about being like... I think I was more naive at this point because I don't think I understood, like like, how to create a product, basically. Right, I just of course. Thought, I thought, oh, great, we've got this drawing. We're going to have yeah. it tomorrow, and we can just start selling it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just didn't understand how production worked. So, obviously, because the brow sculpt was, is one of its kind, like, the world first, I now know that we had to create, like, our own mold, mold for yeah, them to yeah, even... Yeah take us seriously in the first place and obviously go into a a big factory at that time I know Jenna already had a relationship which helped massively to be like hi we're gonna be a brand um we've got this idea yeah do
2: you want to take a chance on us right I mean it just seems ridiculous now and I think that that's like one of the misconceptions Mm. online from perhaps exterior to like a product based industry yeah. is that actually there is so much online that is very similar replications of each other because that's how product is generally made if you're yeah. essentially making your own mold for something the mold itself is incredibly expensive but then yes. you also need to have a huge MOQ like a minimum order quantity yes. not explaining this to you no no <laughs> <Explaining> no <this. laughs> imagine me being I'm like, like, like yes by the way yes Jess.
1: I, i'm with you no i'm literally <laughs> backing everyone just i'm like yeah, i know <laughs> i know <laughs> but
2: <sighs> I literally I was like I was like I don't want you to feel like i'm trying to explain yeah, this to you ridiculous. i wanted to say for context No, yeah. um i think yeah so basically like what happens you then have to pay for the mold you have to obviously even get the mold like designed yeah. you have to get like you have to order a load for them to even make it with a new mold which obviously means you then have to have a huge amount of money from the beginning Absolutely. which is why like so many businesses start from a point that's so different to the point that they then get to mm-hmm. and i think what's been so interesting about your journey with refi is you guys have always been about like from from an outside perspective it's always been about like solution-based and innovation-based stuff like it hasn't been about like we're just doing no a brow gel no
1: I think personally there would be no point in us Mm. doing that as you said before like the market I guess and even in the makeup industry is so saturated because there's there's thousands of brow gels that you can Mm. choose from like what's the point in us launching and we were in a fortunate position to be able to fulfill like the minimum um order as well at that time Because Jenna obviously had savings from previous things that she'd done, like Shrine. And I'd saved from like my Instagram as well. So we were
2: both in a really fortunate position where we could be like, let's do this together. And so did you both invest together in essentially starting the business? We did, yeah. Were you nervous at all that it would be like someone who was taking advantage? Absolutely.
1: Like that was a massive thing to me. And I just remember thinking... And I probably shouldn't make all my decisions off this, but I do make a lot of my decisions based off like vibe. vibe like yeah. if I get a good vibe, it's going to be okay. But mm. if I don't get a good vibe, then I just, that will make me think oh, this is not going to be okay. And that yeah, sounds yeah. so bad, but you do need to trust your intuition, especially yeah, with yeah, 100%. risks like that. And I guess in business in general, and I genuinely got such a good vibe from her, but then I was like, maybe we're just a bit giddy, Jess. Like maybe yeah. just like lust. Maybe this is not what <laughs> yeah, you're know like mean? lust for the exactly, brow gel. Exactly. <laughs> maybe I are just like getting a bit carried away. And but I'm like, like, I just want this for myself. No, no, exactly. I don't even want to sell it. This I was, just want no, the sample. This was it. I was like, I just need this in my life. Like I'm just gonna have to
2: do it regardless for but everyone else as well. That's what the best has well. come out of. No, it's like true. I think that like I wouldn't admit online that like no, I didn't always want to start an activewear company. Like I didn't. I wasn't like born being like oh my god, I wanted to start an activewear company. I only wanted to start it after I'd worked for a number of others and and then realized like how much how many opinions I had and how I was literally like I must I must have annoyed them so much because literally I would email like every day being like these are the best leggings you do and you only do them in patterns and your seams are here like remove the side seam like please like you know like all of this and they must have been like please stop but it (gasps) did like as in it was never like a burning desire from birth and I think that Actually, realistically, the best businesses are started, you know, sometimes from those people who really, you know, always want to do that. But also, sometimes it's just getting so frustrated with the lack of solutions for what you want within an industry that you're like, okay, fine.
1: Definitely. No, I think we are the exact same. Like I said, about this whole crazy brow process and even down to my actual makeup products that I was using, like there were still things I would change. And I obviously can't email Chanel and say, that bronzer, I wish you would just do a bit of that. (laughs) Because they're going to be like, well they're not even, gonna look, not free, not even gonna look at it. look at it. you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like I think I understood and exactly to what you said, like there was certain things I'd want to change and there was gaps in the market, I guess, and just in like the product ranges that mm. was already available to bring, well, I guess now refi to life, but at that time it was just the brow sculpt. Right. And to this day, the brow sculpt is still our bestseller. So that yeah. goes to show, like, despite how far like Rafi's come in this time, like the brow sculpt was created for a reason and still has purpose it wasn't just like a like a flash in the pan kind of vibe and yeah I think that's when obviously when we launched the brow sculpt sorry back to what you said as well about the minimum orders I remember we had to place the minimum order and I remember I just like I was like panicking to my dad just saying like oh my god I've put so much money into this now like and we've had to do this crazy order on top of all the sampling like what happens if Mm. we, we just end up with all of these brow sculpts, nobody wants them, and apart I just, from me, to no, do my brows, for the I'm rest just gonna. Of my life. This, well, this was the thing. I was like, I'll just use it forever. But then, obviously, everything has a shelf life as right, well. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember me and Jenna being like, okay, so these will go like go bad or like their shelf life date finishes on X date. And I was like right so we've got that amount of time to get rid of them all like great like let's just make it happen. I remember we were speaking to different retailers at this point point. Like, we didn't even have like a hard like sample to show these people. We're like trust us. We have a thing. Yeah we've got this thing coming and it's gonna be really good. (laughs) Obviously it is. But at that time nobody knew. So yeah it's just crazy and I think the order that we placed obviously was at that time felt a lot for us but We ended up selling out the Brow Sculpt within six weeks, which was of launching. Yeah, which which is is unreal. Insane.
2: Imagining the types of minimum order quantities you would have had to put in, I would have been completely blown away by like that quantity going on with that time. Before we go forward to the beginning of the Refi journey, Mm -hmm. I just want to talk about at this time when you were like sampling and everything and knowing that you're about to kind of have a business coming out. How were you feeling about your current career as like an influencer and what you were generally doing in like the quote-unquote influencer world
1: no definitely and I feel like that was all I knew as well mm. so obviously I know I used to have my job before in the NHS and that was amazing but I feel like I was just so used to like shooting content and I do think that really yeah. helped in the beginning of starting refi just because a lot of our well we, we shot a lot of content like yeah it was all social we, first definitely like essentially to this day we still are very much like an influencer like led brand and like a social led brand I think that's so important to us so I do think that was a good thing at the very beginning but I also think as well I was very fortunate to have been like as an influencer in the in the industry sorry and have made friends along the way and it was people that when we were able to launch then who just wanted to support yeah based off the fact that it was like another influencer yeah brand. and I just think that's one thing I do love so much about this industry I do feel like everybody or majority of people do love to support each other's mm. thing because I think everybody in this industry does understand the struggle of like like obviously shooting all this content and sometimes it's not like you don't really make loads of money from it sometimes Mm. yeah you might do from like
2: a a post or a collaboration or whatever at this point were you worried at all about like how having a brand would be perceived from your kind of followers
1: yes and no I think more internally maybe like a bit of self-doubt I think I was just really Scared to actually, i was scared to actually launch a brand in the mm. beginning because it is such a daunting thing. I know that you, you'll probably know as well. You put so much in behind the scenes, like so much, like financially, so much time, like so much. I don't know. Just obviously, even creating the product that alone to get to the brow where it was, where it ended up being before we launched was like a year and a half, nearly two years. So mm. like a lot had gone in behind the scenes and then branding and all these different things. So by the time it actually comes to launch it, you're a little bit like, oh my gosh, do people mm. actually have to see this? Like.
0: Want to find the perfect Father's Day card? Dad deserves better than a drugstore card. This year, surprise him with a special personalized card from Moonpig. You can add your favorite photos and a heartfelt message. Plus, no more worrying about stamps or going to the post office, because we'll mail it for you the same day. Every dad deserves a Moonpig card. Get your first card free with code PODCAST at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com
2: kind of just did all of that and then yeah or do people to... just follow me because exactly. they like my like outfits exactly. like well, just, are just to say, they gonna care
1: exactly and then I remember we had to create like the Instagram handle and we couldn't get Refy, which is at r-e-f-y we can only get Refy beauty and I remember when I was about to announce that I had a brand I was so scared to tag Refy beauty in case people were like well, well you don't do beauty like why are right. you launching a beauty brand like you do like fashion like obviously like mm. I said my makeup look hasn't really changed over time but No, I think that was my own little internal, like, I guess, insecurities or whatever it might Mm. have been. But I think even now, like, makeup has transformed so much. And I feel like there's days where I will do, like, a full face and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I look great. But then there'll be other days where I'm like, I'm just going to put a bit of skincare on, a bit of a brow, and I I still look great. I think it's just evolved so much now that and one of our values at at Refi is, like, encouraging you to be your most confident self. Mm. And I think that kind of is what makeup is to me. Like, Mm. it's not, like, a certain look or it's not, like a big like dramatic eye or a dramatic lip and if you want to do that amazing like as long as you feel like your most confident self yeah and I think essentially that is the value behind refi and kind of one of the reasons why we ended up taking refi just from like a product with a brow sculpt into this entire range of makeup and an entire beauty brand
2: of course and how did you overcome that self-doubt at that point of thinking like I can imagine seeing yourself in a certain box because you Mm -hmm. were in a certain box and because people always put us like you know in the way that they would describe us and you at this point were an influencer you've evolved now to be a business owner Mm -hmm. how did you overcome that self-doubt that allowed you to kind of like project yourself out in that way because that is terrifying yeah. I mean the only reason I had the confidence to do that at the time was because I was like so young and naive that I was kind of like of course <laughs> like why would I not what are my yeah. like you yeah. know why wouldn't you buy no, I love that though that is definitely
1: <laughs> I the... need more of that now no, I 100% <laughs> I wish I had more of that but that is so true I think it is just that like fearlessness but I do think for some reason I am I think my way I am as a person I am like I am a warrior. so like this is why me and Jenna work so well, because she is the person that's like, let's do it. Let's do it now. And I'm like, no, 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 let's just yeah. hold on a minute. Let's That's actually good, look at having situation. that balance. It is in a partnership. It is in a partnership for sure. But no, I think for me, I was definitely very nervous to launch the brand. Obviously, I have such a good relationship with my audience. And I'm so, so grateful for that, because I feel like I was able to get their opinion on things without them even knowing at the very start. Right. So I'd be like, customer research. everyone think about this? And then people would like yeah. message me and I'd be like, oh, give me ideas. And I'd be like... Yes, like, why didn't I think of that? Mm. So definitely nervous, but already had that good relationship. So I I knew I was never going to get a bad reaction because my Mm. audience is so lovely. But then it almost just, a bit like what you said, like, I just went for it. And I think... Mm it's one of those a very cliche piece of advice but like there's never ever going to be a right time I just mm. remember thinking to myself there's never going to be a right time I'm just going to have to launch it it's going to be it will be fine like worst case is I'm going to be using the brow scope forever right just exactly to just, just use me them with a up. few yeah, moldy exactly, brow sculpts exactly. in 10 years exactly <laughs> and um no honestly my audience's reaction at that time blew me away and as I said as well just those influencers that also supported me and just wanted to try the product and share it and for those that gave a Good review of it, I guess, helped massively. It was almost just like a because, as well, I'd I'd never done anything like this. I've never ever put anything out there that was so much me to get people's feedback. And obviously, there's going to be negative feedback that comes with everything in life, but just to get people saying, I love what you did there. Like, Mm. I was just like, this feels right. This is what I was meant to do. And I think having that reassurance, I guess, from the people that I was creating it for. I don't know, that just made it less scary. And I know I had to launch it, but it made it less scary once that happened.
2: And so once you launched Refi, how quickly did it become like something where you were spending a lot of your time Mm -hmm. on in comparison to, you know, it being a little side project?
1: Absolutely. So I think it was probably, we launched and that was a crazy whirlwind. And then we went through a phase of, I'd say about three months before we could even restock the brow sculpt. So that was quite a quiet time, essentially, because... Obviously, there was no product. Like, I was still, like, talking about it and different things. And it was just, like, a launch. It was very exciting. But once we'd nailed the brow sculpt, I decided with Jenna and the team that we could do other amazing products. Like, Mm. it wasn't even before we launched the brand. It was kind of, like, pre that. We were like, right, okay. If this is going to go well, like, we love what we've – we all love what we've created. Let's have a go at some other products that we think Mm. we could do, do well at. And that's when we started working on the face collection, which is now our cream bronzer, blush, and highlight. And the duo brush. Just gonna tell you all now. I nearly we nearly didn't do the duo brush. Really? We nearly didn't do it. We were like creating it behind the scenes before we'd even launched. And I remember saying to everyone, I was like, what is the point in us doing a brush? Like, everyone's got a brush. Like, right. I used it. And I was like, no, this is really good. But what's the point? Mm. To this day, I think to a brush is like our second best Really? Element. Yeah. I don't know why we ended up doing it. I think we did it because because one of the girls that was helping with the social content was like, yeah, but it looks really good in a flat lay. And
2: I was like, <laughs> I was like all right. Okay, so. All salt. right, let's do it. Let's and go. Anything yeah. that's good for a flat lay is for social, enough for I just me. Thought, yeah, okay. That's
1: a fair point. But yeah, so I just think it's always the things that like you least expect. And then obviously we started developing the next collection and that was a big success when we launched there also. But I don't think we launched that collection until probably around six to eight months after launching the brows. As I said before, that creating the brow sculpt, that took us nearly two years. So to create this face collection, which we were already creating pre-brow sculpt. And then mm. the six to eight months, I guess, after we'd launched the brand, being able to launch that, our turnaround times, I'm sure you'll know, mm. are quite long because when you want to bring something out that is brand new and is a new formula oh, and again, yeah. working with the factory to, for them to make this new formula for you and, te- and like the constant back and forth with the testing. As I said at the very beginning, I was so naive to all of this. I thought, we'll do it, we'll have it, we'll, we'll just sell it. Like yeah. It's so, so easy, but no, it was not like that at all. So I guess that's when my life that sounds very dramatic, but started to change a bit because right. so much more of my time needed to be involved in the brand and just the testing and just mm. the products in general. And I was kind of the one that would always do all of the creative side of Refai's mm. that kind of started becoming like a bigger and bigger thing as the brand grew. But I would say as time went on, I think the turning point was maybe a year to a year and a half ago. So Refai is going to be three this year. I kind of realized like, no, this is, this is something really good that we have here. Mm. Or something that we really good that we have here. Another thing, it makes me happier yeah. and more fulfilled than maybe shooting content mm-hmm. does. I still feel that. still love that. I will always do that because. Yeah. But more so, I'll do that now, and I know you probably relate to this. When I when I think I look nice, or right. when I've got a nice outfit, rather I'm inspired, than being like I must be, you know, I, I have like, posted today. I should yeah. post today, like because that was the thing, wasn't it? Like mm. you at one point should be posting like once a day. Like mm. I felt like that was. Kind of what you were taught. So no, I think Refi it definitely fulfills me. I am just so grateful that I'm even able to Mm. have a job which is like Refi because it it sounds really silly. Obviously, there's stressful times, but it doesn't feel like work. Like Mm. it's so fulfilling. How much time do you spend in the office now? So honestly, it just depends. So Mm. I'm a commute from the office. So I would say maybe in a month. Anywhere from at least two weeks, I'd be in the office. Yeah. So, but obviously, I work remotely as well. Yeah, just, yeah, of course. Don't know about you, but I'm just on my phone constantly. Right. And I don't, I don't know whether you're the same, but even silly things like, if I do decide just to get in bed and scroll on social media, I'll just be WhatsApping the team, like all of the like, things. Oh my god, have you seen this on
2: TikTok. Why are we not doing it? Do you know? What right. I mean? Like we literally start. have like, if you open my like DMs, it's literally like. Tala product, Tala yeah. socials, Tala yeah. ad, like all of this and like every single thing ha- meant to be having like a nice relaxing no, evening. And I'm like, love this ad, love the way that they've done this. Love the so way like, that they've done put this. this a
1: PR box. <laughs> <this>. <laughs> Literally,
2: like, really interesting. No. Don't like the way that they've done this, but very interesting. We should look at this. And I'm like, relax. So but it, so but it is true. Like I do think like with every job, actually like mm. social media has made the scope of work, like has expanded the scope of work so much because Absolutely. your brain, the way you, it's like 24 hour news cycle. Like your brain is always so active, even if it's like, you know, you're thinking about your relationship and then you see someone else's relationship. You're thinking about your work. You see like you, all of this, like it creates this kind of like constant mechanism where like there's always something you can re- relate to that you probably Absolutely. shouldn't be thinking about.
1: Absolutely, but Your brain's just programmed to think that way, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like
2: a hundred miles per hour. But so how did it feel going essentially almost like back to a desk job from something that you'd been able to I guess leave your desk job to be able to do full-time
1: yeah I think that's actually been something that I've had to adjust to just because especially as an influencer you mm. do spend a lot of time on your own like yeah. you essentially are on your own and in the very beginning for a lot of my like influencer career my mum was the one that shot on my pictures so I just remember oh, really yeah so my mum would be there all the time and She'd be the one that'd be like, right, okay, like, just oh, turn a little bit there. Do you know what oh I mean? Oh, God, so, I
2: would not be getting anywhere oh, in my career with my mum shooting photos. Mm, Fucking hell. I think
1: my mum should do, like, a mum boot camp for really? photography. Really? No, she's so good. She's so good. Next business. Good. No, honestly, first. Mom, exclusive. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Sign up, guys. Link in the bio. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> No, my mum was so good at taking pictures. So then, as Refai started, we were a much smaller team, obviously, at the mm. very beginning. So I'd say there's probably, like, a laugh at it now, but... For example we're going on a shoot next week and I think I'm sounds crazy I'm taking like 10 people just to like shoot for right like two which is days, crazy which even is crazy for shoot, that's yeah. like a lot of people and um that seems to me like what a big brand would do I guess but at the very beginning it would be like right my business partner Jenna on the iPhone getting the social content literally I'm there getting the flat lays like and then one of the person like doing the makeup doing the style do you know what I mean you just all like come together and just do what you've got to do so I think going from that dynamic where we kind of like something happens and we react to it so quickly to then having a much well very grateful for it because it wouldn't be where it is today but a much bigger team yeah it's honestly been like such a big adjustment and then for us we, have, we now have to have like processes in place. And right, like, and it's much
2: more rigid in the way that is. like, if you shot something and it didn't work, you'd yeah. be able to, at the worst case, you'd be able to say to the brand, like, I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. it's not working. No, this like, is can I shoot a different product Definitely. or should we just like not go ahead with this or whatever? When you've got tens of thousands of units hurtling, across the world oh, towards you and you're like no I no this no, is we gonna have, have to, to make work. work like we have this to make must work.
1: look nice no it's so true and I think as well it's like there's so many different teams that just come into for example like one product launch as you all know like so many different teams take part in that and it's just making sure like that we all communicate with each other and I think obviously that was much easier when we were a lot smaller because it just be like mm. Like Carla we're doing this yeah we're doing yeah we'll be but like now we're it, changing the day for this because yeah, actually it does exactly, work exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm a bit busy that day we'll, we'll just do it like next week yeah. yeah that's how it would be but obviously now there's like deadlines to work towards there's targets to work towards right, there's different course. things to work towards and it's just making sure everyone's in the know and in the loop and just yeah I guess we're just taking things more seriously and mm. that definitely is an adjustment period as I said we're only three years old and the progress that we've made is insane and the growth we've had is insane but yeah for sure still adjusting to that
2: and obviously an amazing like absolutely amazing first launch bestseller you know went in like reinventing the wheel for that one which obviously gave you guys such a name and did so well did that ever terrify you with how well it had done in terms of overcoming that
1: definitely and i think once obviously we never expected that as i mentioned before it was just right. meant to be a side hustles so we yeah. we're like yeah cool we'll just do this Like thanks for setting the bar, guys.
2: Well, this is it. No, it's it's intimidating. You're like really just wanted to release a lip balm. Yeah, just
1: wanted to like chill a little bit, just do a browse for a while. No, honestly, we'd never expected it to be as big as it was, and then that happened. And we'd obviously, as I said, started developing the summer skin collection, which was the bronzer, the blush, and the highlighter. And I just remember developing it and I obviously loved it myself. But then again, I guess it was that doubt in my mind of like, is this good enough? It's a bronzer, it's a blush. Like, how Mm. do you reinvent that? And we
2: definitely did with the formulas, obviously. Mm, But you did with the marketing as well. Like you guys, like, I mean, I know that you probably know this, but like, I don't know who it is. I don't know whether it's you. I don't know if it's your marketing team. Like they are so good at like what seems from the outside to be, it might not be reinventing the wheel, but in terms of like selling the kind of, lifestyle and the story around it and like the application and how you use it and how it makes you feel you guys are honestly you've come in and you've really been like a class act in comparison to like big big brands like which is no easy feat at all like sure you say like okay well you know it feels intimidating because like we're just it's a blusher like it's so it's a bronzer but actually like the storytelling and the way you guys have been able to like really ace that is like something that you do not see from brands like 10 times your size thank you so that. like I have faith you could sell me a sock like you really could <laughs> you could be like <laughs> a little flat sock? Oh, with, yeah, it, with yeah. a duo brush Literally, yeah I, we exactly could. that no, the flat light no I'm gone
1: no it's so true and I do think that was a big thing in our growth as well and I guess that's something as I said in the very beginning I was so passionate about is that like, content creation mm. and as I said like styling and like concepts like that does really get me excited but that's
2: also what like I always think that you know obviously there's a lot of negative rhetoric around influencers in Mm -hmm. general and generally kind of you know like (laughs) like no talent stuff but the types of marketing that influencers are able to do every day for a number of different products there's a reason brands I guess you know are paying big bucks for that insight like now and I think it goes to show like once you develop an aptitude for really talking to your audience and if you're able to do that and you're really able to kind of show them the way th- the things they want to see in the ways they want to see it that is no easy feat at all and there is a reason why like even the highest end brands are paying influencers now no, to be able true. to kind of reach their audiences and be sold in the way they're selling it because it's literally like mini editorial shoots no you're right. like a lot of the you're time right. they're yeah. shooting it in a way like some of the influencers I follow I'm like fucking hell I'm in- how am I even on this platform because I'm here like little egg face <laughs> selfie and they're literally doing like <laughs> this beautiful like something that could be literally in a magazine
1: no it's so true and I do think that for a lot of influencers that like mm. obviously the style into it but then it's like kind of the entire concept and I know to a lot of people it doesn't sound that deep but that's some cash. but it's also mine, it's and- also
2: not that deep it, it shouldn't be that deep in the way that like that's probably because you haven't even perceived it in that way, which is exactly what good marketing is. Yeah, Like good marketing, you don't even know the way you're being sold to. No, it's almost so just integrated completely into like that content or how you consume something normally. So you true. guys have done that amazingly. But also I think a lot of the most successful influencers, the reason they're so successful is because they do that so well. Right. It's not even about subtlety. It's about like integration and like selling to your audience in the correct way. And I think you've been able Able to really because you guys are such like a storytelling and influencer-led brand in that way you've been able to do that based on the fact that refi is almost like acting as the influencer showing yeah. its audience how they should be using it and all of that which is not easy as a brand at all.
1: No, definitely, and I think we always try and I always say to the, the team at Refi, I'm like, "What are the cool girls doing?" I'm right? Like, cool girls, what, what, what gives you FOMO? Like, what what are you, you dying guys over in my, a room. No, all of them, you, you, all the Gen Zs. I'm like, "What are you dying over right now?" Tell yeah. me, because obviously things have changed so much as well. Mm. But no, I do think we take that that like that outlook in terms of like we just want to do cool stuff. Like mm. we're very fortunate that the brand has gone well and the products. I would never, ever bring something out for no reason. Like, mm. as I said, everything has to be solution-based and has a purpose. But I just want us to be that brand, like, who's doing these really cool yeah. things. And like, as you said, that like, even down to the marketing, I'm never, ever going to be like, sail on, buy this, guys. Like, that's just not my yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'll always just be like, okay, well, there's a, ref- a brow sculpt balancing on a rock in the middle of <laughs> Santorini. Like, do you want it? Do you know what I mean? I think that's just... Would you like
2: it? If you don't, just, no worries. No worries.
1: If not, it's fine. Because I've got loads that I'll <laughs> use them all. will just use them. That's fine. That's exactly it. And I just think that is a big piece of the brand that we're trying to create, even now, is like always going with like brand first and Mm. not necessarily, obviously, we need to focus on the numbers and that's not my expertise, but like just thinking, like, what is cool? Like, what is going to give us a legacy long term? Because that is the end goal here. And just like, what does make you feel really good inside? And what Mm. is your most confident self? Like, it doesn't have to be a cheesy thing. Like, it might be like, as I said, all these just cool flat lays all these lifestyle content and I think I want to push more with yeah that going forward as well yeah
2: 100% and when you spoke there quickly about like numbers not being your thing mm-hmm. how have you adapted to obviously you're like an amazing creative and you've come mm-hmm. into this from the perspective of being like a makeup mm-hmm. lover a makeup user someone who's you know sold makeup for other brands yep. as well what I don't know if you have experience in before is the kind of business side like the logistics the finances all of that how have you adapted to that and like how have you been able to i guess take up any of that if at all like i don't think that i think one of the misconceptions is that like to be as business owner you need to be like a finance whiz you need to know about logistics you need to know about like what your fulfillment center is doing you need to do you don't need to know all these things especially if you like obviously you can outsource a lot you can co-founder you can like there are so many different solutions yeah but essentially how have you found adapting to being involved in more of that and like taking that on and being able to tackle that side of the business absolutely and i think
1: that is one of the things and I was never under the impression that I could do it all. I think I'm very fortunate. As I said before, me and Jenna are very different, mm. like which works so, so well. Like she's super creative. Me and her, we're very fortunate that we do have the same mind when it comes to brand. Mm. But essentially she is a CEO. She has previous experience of running a business, like literally from the very beginning all the way to mm. trying to be- becoming a very successful business. Whereas myself, my expertise was like. I guess networking like mm. social content creativity yeah, creative, which is yeah. so different and I do think just me being like spending my time with Jenna obviously creating this brand I was able to learn and don't get me wrong I'm not taking over like the planning for the like the, all the finances and the orders that's that's not my thing mm. I don't want to do that like I'm not good at that I have made it my priority though to have an understanding of, of that course, you, as yeah. a founder of the business just mm-hmm. because I think I'd be I'd be a donut if I didn't yeah. understand the workings of the business and what we were trying mm-hmm. to do. So I definitely have an understanding just because I feel like I, I want to, but I don't have a clue about those kind of yeah. things. But I'm very fortunate that I have, and I'm obviously going to say it, but an incredible team. Like mm-hmm. I have an amazing team. Everyone is so good. I was saying it to you before we started this, so good at what they do. I don't need to worry. And it's the best feeling ever, like mm. to have people that you have such a good relationship with, such a good like working like relationship with and mm. environment and culture, but also that they're so good at their job. Mm. I don't even need to say, well, what like what does that mean? Like they'll explain it to me or like, what, what are you doing? I don't need to. Like mm. it's so good that they just do their thing. And yeah, I'm very fortunate to have that.
2: And how have you found that process as well of like building a team and working with a team of people in order to create like your vision? Mm-hmm.
1: I think I was very fortunate, as I said before, I started with Jenna and Jenna had a team of, I don't know the full full amount now, but that, for example, there was about three individuals that worked at Shrine as managers, mm. and that was product development. Danielle, who's been a massive, massive key obviously in creating Wild First products. Mm. Obviously, we have these ideas, but it's Danielle who's yeah, got yeah. to like, make best it. Best come- of luck, Danielle. No, this is what we do. Oh, no so it needs to fly, it needs to be yeah. invisible. <laughs> and she's like, tears coming down her face. No, she's amazing. And then um Scott, and then also Mike. So we have obviously Jenna had an amazing team with these guys already, and we were very fortunate that they were in a position to be able to give like at the very beginning half of their time Mm. to refine because I wasn't meant to be anything so they were like oh yeah they must have been
2: like what's going on they were like
1: like glitter yeah (laughs) for now honestly this was it we're like right forget everything you know about glitter we are now doing (laughs) makeup makeup yeah no um so everyone was just amazing and Jenna already had such a good relationship with those Mm. guys and they was just so good to come on and put their time into Refi as well, and definitely they're the reason why Refi is as big as it is today. Because I'm sure, as you all know, like having people in a business or and in a brand that you trust and want the best for the brand, and and in the early days, as I said before, in a shoot, like you all have to muck in, and like you all oh God, have 100%. to, you need those people that are literally, yeah, it dramatic, also die for you, like no problem, like. Yeah, because also
2: if you as a founder are the type of person to do that and then like, because I fully believe you set the standard as Mm a founder. Like I believe that if you're going to go in and you're going to be really like standoffish and you're going to be like, do the dirty work for me and all of that, like you're going to get out what you're putting oh, in 100%. but I feel like if you're the type of person like who will literally like get down on their knees on the floor in the middle no. of a shoot being like if no I, it has to be like
1: this I need to share some behind the scenes with the internet one day but I just can't do it right now because I'm too embarrassed but the stuff the, the yeah. positions that I am in right doing because it's like no things. yeah literally just because I'm like well, come on then guys yeah. Let's do it. but it
2: does set the like standard and I think that's why some founder-led brands are doing so well at the moment because I think that actually being able to just like set like when you're that enthusiastic about your product and yeah. you're that enthusiastic about like it just doesn't work like I'm the same with like you know when it will come to a social rollout and I'll like see something and I'm like it's nice but it just like not dying over it yeah dying it's just it. yeah. not making me be like yeah. wow you yeah. know and we're we're a fashion business so you know that means kind of like when we're, we're doing a lot of releases like it's yeah. not it's not kind of constant but it's also not you know rare we, no, we work absolutely. off that um it's very very different from beauty but it just means like kind of like constantly having to hit the mark but also just being like no this is the precedent i'm setting i'm showing you yes. that i will literally do anything for this and obviously as a founder you're going to be far more invested than anyone else but actually just like if you're not like that you're not going to get that out of your no, team
1: and it's so true and i guess as well like the, the people i just spoke about they are now all managers at Refine. and because they had that outlook and set that standard as mm. the teams have been built out and obviously we have like a I think we've got a well a team of over 50 now which is crazy amazing yeah. everyone's been I hate the word like taught but everyone's just been brought up in that culture of like no we all do it like we all do yeah. it. do you know what I mean so I think that's now why we have such an amazing like vibe in the office and mm. just all work together so well it's just because we've all I don't know we started off small we grew really quickly but I don't think the culture has changed along the way I think if anything yeah. we've just it's just got better so I'm very fortunate for that very fortunate
2: and how have you found it leading a team of 50 because for anyone who doesn't think 50 sounds like oh. a lot of people
1: it is so no, many people it's a lot of people and I think I'm very fortunate because I have Jenna so mm. she already had so much experience and I think to me I just love being around her because mm. I learned so much and Even, as I said before, the managers that came over from Shrine to who are now full-time refi, like, they have so much experience. And, again, I I never wanted to be a manager, Grace. Mm. Like, I just wanted to create cool content, create cool products. And that is kind of what I stick to. Obviously, now I'm in the space where I probably have a few teams that, like, Mm. report to me, which is incredible. And that definitely was a massive adjustment. But Mm. I think it was, I guess, a little bit of that imposter syndrome as well. Yeah. For, like, say, like, the team that was already under Jenna those three people coming over and then me coming in as well and I'm like hi so you speak <laughs> to me now like I just thought who am I to do you know what I mean it was a it was a hard adjustment to mm. to get into that role initially but I think as the teams have been built out and we're bringing on new people all the time as I said like that culture that was already there from genocide has just translated through and I think it's just such a nice place to work that I've never felt oh my god I can't I can't like say that or I shouldn't Mm. be I don't have the right to think like that everyone's just so welcoming so lovely and I don't know they've made it really easy for me to be Mm. honest but it's still overwhelming like I still think I don't know how it's got this big this quick and I don't always have the right answers I definitely don't I'm always like oh what do I do here and I'm fortunate to have like friends in the industry where I can say if you dealt with this, like, mm. what, what would you do kind of Yeah, thing. So- I'm the type
2: of person who literally, like, I'll see something on someone's story where yeah. they're talking about, like, oh, this is kind of happening. I'm like, so this happened to me. And yeah, basically, like, same. I have this accountant who you could talk to. And this is really good. And I also this that. lawyer is really good. I I'm literally like, I that's don't know what we what's need, wrong with Grace. me. No,
1: that's what we need. No, because we need but that. But I think it's so
2: important. And especially in an industry that, like, there's so little transparency. And also every- almost everyone's acting as a sole agent. Yeah. Like, it's very tough to get that kind of, like, I I hate seeing people taken advantage of in the industry. Like they're, oh, I just like hate it. Like when people are starting businesses and you can see the people they're starting the businesses with, you're like, like, they're going to fuck you over or they're like, can I? gives you the fear. Like, oh, it gives me, I literally, I'm like, that is the only time my nose is all the way in other people's no, businesses. No, that's I'm good like, Hello, just to let you know, I actually had a really terrible experience with these people. and that's like, so I don't want all your money no, to go. That's so good that
1: you do that. You have
2: to do that. But it's also just like a terrible, like it, it's a weird industry where there's like yeah. so little sharing and disclosure and all of that. And I, you know, I've been fucked over so many times and really? I've like had some like real big, like, you know, big, big issues. Like yeah. in terms of like starting businesses with people and like all of those types of things that it's like the shit that put me through I'm like no yeah (laughs) yeah. if you'll listen I'm gonna tell you um and I think that's that's really important and I think it goes like also constantly like I think especially as women like sharing experience and sharing like no-gos and like all of those things is so valuable Mm -hmm. and like so important in terms of like being able to help each other advance
1: definitely and you're right in terms of saying like people don't talk about it enough Mm. and I'm not sure why we have that stigma but yeah it's such a shame because even you just saying that I'm like no way, like, I would never have known that. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And I think yeah. it's so important that I guess more of us do have that conversation. And what's your big goal for Refai now? So, as I said, Refai is going to be three this year, yeah. which is crazy. But I genuinely see Refai being one of the biggest beauty brands in the world. I, I don't ever see us bringing out loads of products. That's not what we're here to do. We will always bring out products with a purpose. We'll mm. bring out products that look amazing on everyone, Um, that are easy to use, that fix problems in the makeup industry. Um, and I also just see, as we touched on previously, Refi being like a really cool brand. I mm. want to have a legacy. I don't just, obviously we're going to bring out amazing, innovative products, but I also want people to look to us to be like, oh, where are the Refi girlies like going this summer? Yeah. You know I mean, I want to have the, right. that kind of legacy as well of just doing cool things yeah I'm really excited for where it's gonna go and yeah I'm looking forward to the next few years
2: for Refi. I see it I can't wait to see it I literally like I can envision it all happening and you guys have done such an incredible job so far and the reason I like shout about it so much is because I think that like in such a saturated space and such a you know it's easy to always think there's no more space and there's no more or like you know I'm for example before you started Refi like I'm specifically an influencer. I'm specifically a model, Mm. like any of these things. And I think you're such a good example of like when you do something well and you put purpose behind something and you put just like enthusiasm and just being like, fuck it. Like, what is the worst that can happen? And I know it's not always that easy. I think more than other people put us in a box, we always put ourselves in a box in terms of like, this is where I am. Mm -hmm." This is what I'm doing. And I think you're such a good example of someone who's like constantly like redefined your career and like where you want to go and I think people can learn a lot from
1: that no I appreciate that thank you I think it's one of them where I just the opportunities would arise at the right time almost I do I'm a big believer in things but you make that happen
2: yeah you make your own luck you really do I do think that luck is like a big thing and I will say I've been the luckiest person in the world I completely agree but Um, yeah I
1: would say the exact same thing like you didn't end up here on accident no it's very true
2: yeah I think it's easy to you know a lot of the right things put together, and a mm. lot of like the, there will also have been times where you will have been extremely unlucky. Yeah. And you will have been like, fuck, I can't yeah. believe that just happened. So and of course, like, we've both been incredibly, incredibly lucky. And mm. I think we'd both be, be the first people to say that. Yeah. I will say, looking from an outside view on yours, like, you make, you've you made your own luck.
1: Thank you all we'll right back at you. I would say the <laughs> exact same So now
2: we kiss. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> we, we love each, each like- other. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming. No, thank you. I absolutely love this. It's been great.
0: Want to find the perfect Father's Day card? Dad deserves better than a drugstore card. This year, surprise him with a special personalized card from Moonpig. You can add your favorite photos and a heartfelt message. Plus, no more worrying about stamps or going to the post office, because we'll mail it for you the same day. Every dad deserves a Moonpig card. Get your first card free with code PODCAST at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com